Hi, I'm Margie. Hi, I'm Michelle. Welcome to God in the Real World. Avatar, may her baba ki jay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of God in the Real World. I am your co-host, Michelle, and I'm joined by my ever-fabulous, ever-loving, ever-compassionate co-host, Margie Connor. I love when you open the podcast because then I get a giant compliment. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) That honestly tracks, and I'm surprised I don't make you open given my Leo tendency. Um, we're so excited to be here. We're both um, coming off of a, I keep wanting to say the word delicious, youth Sabas <laughs> at Mayhair Center. I mean, it was, the food was great, but um, Margie and I were talking before we got on and we are both uh, definitely tired. <laughs> yeah, I think that goes without saying. But we are also just so happy to get to share with all of you who were at Sahavas, or if you weren't at Sahavas, wait, yes, you get to hear, if you weren't at Sahavas, you get to hear a little bit about it, and that is the post-Sahavas brain talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I thought, Margie, maybe we could start with reading, I just thought of this, uh, reading the Youth Sahavas t- uh, theme for this year. Yeah. Um, and I was like wanted to have it memorized and I think I do but do you have it memorized for sure I have it memorized yes all right then you will you tell it to the folks at home oh I hope I have it memorized but yeah it's (laughs) always work with all your heart and then hoping for the best hoping for the best and then don't worry Mm. right yep okay so always work with all your heart hoping for the best, and then don't worry. Well, Michelle, do you want to explain what the use, because for some people listening, like I know a lot of the older folks, they've never been to a use of And so obviously <laughs> so much of you guys listening or so many of you, we're really tired. We really apologize if there's any stuttering <laughs> in our in our speech. But yeah, like obviously a lot of people listening have just come off the use of or have attended one at one point. And then a lot of people have never even been. So can you explain what the Yusahava theme is? Absolutely. Um, so I'll explain it as it is to me, um, which is like all things Baba and all things Yusahavas, as you'll come to learn, it's very individual, the experience. But basically, um, the Mayher Spiritual Center in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, um, shuts down for uh, about 10 days um, every summer to host uh, high school students or high school age youth um, for a five-day retreat on the center. Um, and then those who are older than high school um, come back to volunteer their time um, to serve as counselors or as what we, worker wallas, which are really logistics and support staff or folks who play music or work in our art tent or we set up a whole kitchen and we have a whole kitchen staff and then a dish crew. It's a really beautiful, wonderful experience. In many ways, it's like a traditional summer camp. Um, you could think of it where you wake up, we go to the beach, there are activities throughout the day, there are workshops where you can learn you know, how to do henna tattoos or you can 
learn about uh, optical illusions was another one this year. Um, and then there's also a, a component of it that is dedicated to sharing the teachings of Mayor Baba. And so we do this not through any sort of indoctrination or inter or forcing of anyone, but just through sharing our experiences and having moments for reflection and prayer to those who would like to participate. Um, anybody's welcome to do anything they want or nothing at all during the Sabbath, who are the participants are. Um, and so it's really beautiful. We have um, just a lot of different events that we do throughout the week. And it's, it always feels like it's like 10 years long when you leave. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, Even in the post Havas debrief, like all of the, I mean, I don't know if all departments do it, but like the counselors, you know, we talk about what did or didn't work and we couldn't even remember what had happened like two days prior in mm -hmm. order to like talk about it. Cause it feels like such a marathon. It's such a marathon. It's such a time warp. Yeah. The, the, the aspects of traditional camp in that if you're working there, you're up at like seven or eight and you're working till one in the morning <laughs> until, yeah. um, or later if you're a counselor and they want to stay up late talking in their cabins. Um, but it's really a beautiful, vibrant experience that is, as staff exhausting and our hope for youth is that it's empowering and whether they um, want to continue to learn more about Mayor Baba or not, um, that they feel infused with, um, with love and care when they leave. Yeah. It's a very beautiful explanation. And just so you guys all know, Michelle's a head honcho when it comes to the Yusahadas. She's uh on the committee and does, so much for the use of Havas. Yeah. I, I was a counselor this year, which counselors do a lot the week of, um, but Michelle does stuff like year round for it. So she's very, very, very involved. Very involved. And all views here are expressed of my own and not of the committee. That's my legal brain talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's my minor in law. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's beautiful. It's a wonderful, it's, it's my, it's how I came to Baba was through the yeah. use of Havas. And so it's a very, holds a very special place in my heart and we have a great group of people through from the counselor staff to the committee who work really really hard to make it just an event where everybody can be themselves and feel loved in being themselves yeah you know what I was talking to some of the counseling staff and you know a lot of kids who come they either know nothing about Baba or they don't like Baba or you know I, th I would say the minority are actually like kids who really already have like an established relationship with Baba. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of them are kids who grew up in Baba families and they're just kind of okay with Baba or they're now, I think that there are like so many kids who their friends have come for a year and then they've told them about it and they really don't know anything about Baba. Like I had a girl in my cabin who she grew up knowing Baba kids. She's from England and basically these kids just told her about the Yusahavas and she came all the way over. She's not a Baba lover. Her parents weren't Baba lovers. So, I mean, we have a really large chunk of our um, participants that are not Baba kids, you know, quote unquote. And even if, you know, they don't have an experience of Baba, there's no way that they don't feel the love because of what the staff puts into it. Like they might not register it as Baba. And of course, like we know it's Baba's love. 
but like the efforts that the staff goes to to orchestrate things for everyone like they see that no matter if they realize it's baba or not yeah it's a beautiful thing um and it's very powerful like no matter what the role you're in because you have a lot of time just like off the grid for the most part you know there's no wi-fi on the center there's no tvs or anything like that and of course you can use your phone and choose to check in or check out as much as you want um but i know for myself like i really tried to stay off social media and my work email and all that stuff um and so it feels like i feel a little bit like coming back (laughs) into like a surreal atmosphere (laughs) um Margie, I was curious, like, um, sometimes we have, like, themes of our Sahavas or things that Baba brings up for us in Sahavas. What, um, if you're willing to share, which I hope you are because we're doing a whole podcast, um, <laughs> what, um, what was coming up for you? What were some of the things that Baba was bringing up for you? Oh, my God. Baba brought up so much for me this use Sahavas. Like, I... I actually still like I'm, my voice is like still raspy because I slept so little. From, so it was like I had this experience of just like um, working really hard. You know, I kind of have done have done some unpacking and I really feel for this generation of youth like they have so many things to deal with that even like like you and myself didn't have to deal with as teenagers Um And so a lot of it is like mental health stuff and social anxiety and social media pressure and gender identity and stuff that like we were not really thinking about at that, at that age, you know, and it's a lot of pressure on them. So a lot of like what Baba was kind of working with me on was just being available to them and like really sacrificing my own needs, which I kind of like, like, I really love being able to be Baba's like workhorse, but then internally my theme was just like, I mean, it really was the Sahavas theme every year is like this quote that they pick as the theme of Sahavas. And it really was like work with all your heart and then don't worry, you know, because I was just like, I felt like my eyes were crossed the whole time. And I was just like saying Baba's name and hoping I was showing up the best that I could, like really not knowing how it was coming across and having to like really let go of whatever the result was. Like there were so many things that I was dealing with as a counselor that I just like was putting my whole energy into and then just like really having to let the result completely go. Like Mm -hmm. we did this beach party and, you know, so we have five nights and there's like different things that happen each night. And so the second night of Sahabas, it's the counselor's job to orchestrate what happens. And so I was the one who was like sort of hit up this project along with another one of the co-counselors, but, um, And, but it was kind of like on my shoulders a little bit because it was like this thing that I was organizing, but I had no idea how it was going to go. It was just like, it felt like nothing was going to happen. It wasn't, it was going to be terrible. And then we got on the beach and the wind was blowing like 90 miles an hour. And I was just kind of just going, okay, Baba, I'm just going to do my best. And so really it was like surrender, just like letting it go, like whatever happens, like I can't control how I show up. I just have to keep doing what I can. And also like last year as a counselor, I just had a lot more time to connect with kids. We had, we had a much smaller year last year. Like there were only 40, I think there were 45 campers. And this year there were 60 some, right. Am I correct in saying that Michelle? Yeah. Yeah. Which that's a big difference, you know, if to 
my cabin last year was two counselors and we had, I think it was seven girls. And this year it was two counselors and we had 12 girls. And it's just like a lot more to keep track of. And so I was having this feeling of like really being attached to connecting on a heart level to each and every one of my campers. And Baba just like did not let that happen and really had to let it go. I had to just be like, okay, that's not why I'm here this year. Like I'm here to just kind of like crisis manage, manage, you know? Yeah. And there's a reason that I'm not having this time to just like sit and talk and like deeply get to know all these campers on a personal level. Yeah. Yeah. But what about you? Because you have a much different role than I do. Like a lot of my stuff was, it's like one-on-one with kids. Well, of course you involve kids. So just so everybody coordinator of the worker wallets, which is basically (laughs) like, I I mean, this is like my joke, but I call them the slaves. They just work all day long and they do like, (laughs) they are the servants of love. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I, what I like to call us is the, we're the (laughs) the logistics crew. We're all the setup and cleanup and get things done to make it a seamless event. But behind the scenes, we're working really hard from everything from cleaning toilets to setting up a, what we call a Dooney fire, um, which how I describe it to non-Vaba folks, but also just because I always forget how to actually describe it is basically a big bonfire and you can take a stick and throw it in with an intention of something you want to let go of. Um, Baba will make that happen. Um, to cleaning up that bonfire when there's a huge <laughs> storm and pivoting immediately to making an indoor version of a fire pit with lights and a big serving bowl. Um, <laughs> so um, it's a very fun job. I've been doing it for, I think, about 10 years now, nine, 10 years. Um, and I love it, um, but it is very different. It's less, like, I feel every year I get to know participants a little less and a little less. Um, that's also because I'm old now, too. I feel ancient um, <laughs> at my ripe old age of 30, almost 31. Um, and so I feel like for me, there were a couple things that Baba was bringing up. One was, like, on my really, like, personal side was around my relationship to my own beauty and really like feeling empowered in myself and beautiful in myself through so much of the Sahavas um, Mm -hmm. felt really wonderful. And like this thing I struggle with a lot in my outside world. Um, And I felt just like that natural, like ebb of and flow of attraction um, with my, like for myself, (laughs) like, and with myself um, during Sahavas. And so that felt really nice just to feel really sweet and loving in my body and feel like I looked cute. And I like, you know, was managing my sweat in a way that I haven't before. Like it's super practical, but like felt also very deep for me. Um, because side note, like for those who haven't been to, uh, Myrtle beach in the summer, it's really, 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 really hot. (laughs) And there's no air conditioning in, 99% of the cabins um and buildings (laughs) so very wet too I don't even think it's so humid yes um but anyway just it just felt like like really present in my body and in myself and felt my beauty in a really special way um and then I think this kind of goes with that but just like 
my tendency when I am not falling into like the current that the world wants to live in, my tendency is actually just for like naturalness and ease. Mm. And so while there were definitely moments of stress this year and all of that, I really just wanted to be natural with myself and not get all worked up about things and just take each moment by moment. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I'll be able to continue that in my, in my daily life um, as we're back. And then there was one more thing. Oh, Margie, what was my last thing? It was apparently a really deep learning, but I forget it now. Was it like related to, you know, your outward experience rather than your inner inward experience? Maybe. It's mm, a great question. Tell your brain oh. to remember. Oh, go ahead. I got it. I got it. So what I love. Thank you for listening to this podcast, by the way. <laughs> These <laughs> like really scripted moments. Um, so I. Sometimes when I go, when I do things, I throw myself in wholeheartedly and whole bodily and whole mind. My whole mind is in there too. And that's no different. It's the harvest. And what I've learned in the past few years is like, I actually like need to like preserve and conserve some energy. Um, and so this year I threw my whole self in spiritually. Um, and I made mm -hmm. an agreement at the beginning with Baba. I was like, I'll give you everything spiritually, but like physically and mentally, I would like to stay mostly intact. And I feel like he did hold him that side of the bargain up. And in that really focusing on the spiritual experience was a beautiful thing for me. And it's what allowed for those deep moments of connection that I did have with people. Um, and it also allowed me, I think, to move beyond words um, or even feelings to just like connect with people and to be able to be really present with people when I was with them um, instead of like constantly like feeling like there was something to be done. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I think that's also really important during Sahavas because I know that feeling of like when you're at the Yusahavas, there is like a lack of sleep that just happens. Like it's not even, of course, there's like so much energy that's going around and the center changes, you know, um, Michelle and I were sitting with Annie and Jeff on the last day, like towards the end of cleanup. And I actually felt who work a on drop. the center, if you don't know that. Oh, yeah, sorry, who work on the, the center um, and have for many years. But I just felt the energy change. Like it, something happens during Yusahavas where Baba's love is like, it is the center is vibrating. And then we were sitting on the couch and I actually felt the shift of like the center drop kind of back mm -hmm. into its normal, normal state. And so on top of like everything that Bob is doing under the surface, you also just don't sleep. So there's this tendency to like, just kind of obliterate yourself. And I will say <laughs> that of course I'm tired, but this used to have is I do feel like less, um, like I took less of a toll on myself. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I do think too, like the sleep thing that some of you were talking about, like, you know, one of the things is, you know, for anybody who's ever had like a, a really like profound experience, whether it be like traveling to a really interesting place and coming back or like going to some sort of retreat, or, like spiritual retreat or physical, emotional retreat, um, adjusting back into the world can be hard, like your day to day, even if you love your day to day. It can be, be hard. And I think 
one of the aspects of that is like with the habits, especially is like you just haven't slept. And so, or like you're still catching up or getting back into a normal rhythm of sleep. And so I was joking to Margie, like, you know, like yesterday I was like feeling like, ugh, like everything in my life just feels like off. It just feels like, like I came back to my home, which I love my home. I came back to my cat, which I love my cat. We all know this. If you listen to the podcast, (laughs) I love my cat, but like everything just felt like, like a little meh and like, but I like have learned enough over the years to just like not take those initial feelings seriously. Mm. Like there is a reality of like really, of course, like deeply missing the center and missing the love and the connections. And part of my work has been over the years not to like immediately blow up my life when I come back because it's not the same intensity of feeling and experience that I was feeling there because like to be fully honest that's only sustainable for a certain amount of time yeah (laughs) you know and like I think it's like I'm trying to think of like Sahavas as like a super filler and I feel this even for like the center like itself like it like it is a vibrating energy it's like a really really big energy and then that drop you were feeling is really a drop like back to like the refuge place Mm -hmm. you know and like so even feeling that in my body like feeling trying to work with that but the you know, we're also humans in a, you know, we're spiritual beings in a human body. So like our human bodies are like, dude, you just need to sleep. Like, you just need yeah. to rest. No, amen to that. Dude, I love that you're saying that because I do feel like for so many young people who come to the Yusahavas, there is this feeling of like, at least for me, even I was telling Michelle before we got on the podcast that like I went to the grocery store today and like I started back at work and I was just like, what am I doing here? Like, what the you know, I just spent like two weeks because for staff, it's almost two weeks. I think it's like 11 days that we are working to set up and then break down, um, including uh, the time the participants are there. But um, it's, I was just like, oh my God, these people have no idea. Like, how can I live in this world? But then I had this like realization that we're not supposed to live in that state all the time. Like what things like, not just the Yusahavas, but also like a pilgrimage to India or a Sahava is in another center somewhere or something, you know, along those lines, like what that is, is Baba is giving us the fragrance of him. And it's like starting a longing for God. Like we're not really meant to go be at the Yusahavas all the time. Right. What we're here to do is to long for him. And so he needs to turn that intensity up for short periods of time, whether it be, you know, a five day Yusahavas or a weekend at the LA center or, you know, a, a, a three week pilgrimage to India so that we don't forget. Cause it's, I think Jeff uses this analogy. I'm pretty sure Darwin, Darwin gave it to him, but um, like when we come to the, you know, we're like dogs and Baba gives us a sniff of his cloak and then we go out into the world and we are looking for it and we're remembering it. But then when we start to forget that scent, he brings us home to Myrtle beach, the Yusahavas. India, something like that, so that we we can remember and then keep sniffing for that. Mm. That idea of sniffing makes me like just giggle, like. (laughs) But I love that, and that's how it feels. Like, and I think that you know, sometimes, sometimes after Sahavas, like there do things things do need to change in your life, right? Like it's a a realization of oh, you know. I don't laugh in my daily life. How can I laugh more in my life, you know, or 
yeah, like I actually really want to continue to connect with people or case of me one time a few years ago, I was like, no, I actually really need to quit my job. Like, it's like, it's time for me to move. And it's like working with the like deep sense of intuition that we have of like, okay, yes. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and so I feel like that's like, just like a beautiful thing. And, and probably helpful to remember right now in the, the, the bigness of the energy and just like, you know, I, my hope is that the more in love we fall in our lives, the more we bring Baba into our daily lives. And so going to Savas will always be powerful and will always be hard to leave. And we'll be able to drop back in because we've created lives that exude Baba's love. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Yeah, it's almost like each time we go for a sahaba somewhere or, you know, or have like a moment with Baba, we start to like chip away at Mm. what we want our life to be and make a little bit more room for him to live our lives. Right. So like, that's why it's so important to go to these events and things. You know, I was almost not going to go to the sahabas this year. And when I was there, I was just like, I need more things like this in my life. And I feel really blessed because, I mean, I'm all over. I was at the Oklahoma Sahavas. I was at the <laughs> LA Sahavas. I was at the U Sahavas. I'm You're Sahavas hopping. I know. I'm just like Sahavas hopping everywhere. But it really is true that by making, like, if you take one step towards him, he takes 10 steps towards you. And so by, like, making those efforts when you can, and even asking Baba, hey, Baba, can you that's basically what I said to Baba is I was like, I can't swing the use of Havas this year. Can you make it happen for me? And then Baba just like lined up all the ducks that needed to happen. And I was able to get off work and come. Um, but yeah, it just felt like making that intention of why you're going, not just like, Oh, I'm going to the use of Havas, Right. And then once you get there, kind of throwing that intention out the window and letting Baba take the wheel a bit. Like, I don't know, Michelle, I always try to send intention before you have and time after time, like it just, that intention never happens. So did you have an intention that you set for this you have I did. Well, it, we, in our staff opening, we kind of did a, a wish, um, ex, wrote down a wish and something we were letting go of. And I was letting go of anxiety and like, like doubt and worry. And I think my wish was something around like, to like be present and know that I belong and like be in my fullest self without like destroying myself. Basically I was really worried. I've like just gotten my health back to like my physical health back to like a stable place. And I just like, I've had experiences of just like, you know, I had, I, like have fallen before it's half is when I'm running around and like it was like silly things but I was like I just want to be physically well <laughs> yeah you also had like a rough year I mean you had co- you had like not just COVID you had like really bad COVID and then you broke your foot it was just, you had a lot yeah. going on it was a lot it was a lot but yeah my intention was really just like more or my hope and my wish was just to be able to be present in my fullest self while honoring and respecting my boundaries And to Mm -hmm. also, like, I had been, I haven't been able to be at Sahabas the past two years. And so to be back, it was also about, um, really about just, like, remembering that I belong. Yeah, beautiful. How about for you? Um, uh, 
wait, hold on. I, let me ask this question because it's going to slip my mind and then I'll answer your question. Um, we can come back to what I'm going to ask you, but I'm going <laughs> to forget. I want to know what your intention is going back into the world, but let me, I'll answer yours and then we can circle okay. back to that. I love it. Um, my, so my intention, I like, I journaled a lot about what I wanted my intention to be because I've just been feeling this like immense grief that, and a lot of it is like, I've broke down in one of the, we have part of getting ready for counseling is like, we have three days or two days of pretty intense, like emotional work that we do. I mean, Buzz and Linda are in charge of the counseling staff and they were both in like, you know, the mental health or world and counseling world. And so that's really what we do before to get ready for the kids and to be able to support them. And of course, so much stuff comes up because, you know, you're not really used to sharing in the world. It's not a part of daily life. And so then when you start sharing, it just brings up a lot. And so ever since India, I've been having this really deep grief of just like missing Baba. Mm. And I also went through a really, really hard heartbreak this year. So it was like, that heartbreak kind of triggered this feeling of like missing somebody. And then when I was in India, I was like, who am I missing? Am I missing my ex? And am I missing this? And then uh, yeah, anyway, it was, it's just, yeah, really missing Baba and having like that deep attachment to Baba's physical form and feeling like I was like, I'm here and he's not, and I'm really angry about it. And I'm really Mm -hmm. sad that I'm having to do it alone because I mean I don't know who the fuck I was in my past life I really don't care either it's more just like I know that I was with Baba and I think that I didn't make a lot of my own decisions that's at least like what my intuition tells me it's like Mm -hmm. I didn't really like Baba kind of told me what I had to do last life and I can really that's like a visceral feeling that I have that I didn't do a lot of decision making and so a feeling that I have in my life like when it comes to like picking a career or even like deciding who to be friends with or who to pursue a relationship with is just like this feeling of like, I'm not supposed to be making these decisions. And I'm angry that like you made, like, it feels like Baba made me rely on him and now he's not here. But anyway, so in the counselor meeting, I broke down crying because I was just like, I miss him so much and I just want to be with him. And then I set my intention for, in like to be the most enthusiastic and joyful presence at the Yusahavas because I was feeling like that aspect of myself was really missing because I am a very enthusiastic person. I kind of got off on a tangent, but yeah, that was my, no, I love this. My intention was to bring as much joy and enthusiasm as I could. And really Baba really worked with me hard on during this, you know, this past like a day period of like letting that go because I think that so much of my identity in the Baba world has been being that really high energy enthusiastic person because I am naturally like I am very very happy but also honoring the fact that like maybe my grief is like how people need to relate to me right now Mm. you know like maybe me trying to always be this joyful thing is like so much more of my ego being wrapped up in something rather than just being natural. And so like I went into the Yusahavas having this intention of bringing that joy because I know it does impact people a lot. But then also this year, like being much more vulnerable and not always just being overly joyful and like showing a little bit of that grief that really has been like the reality of my world for the past, uh, I would say like eight months. But anyway, Mm -hmm. that, that was a long a long tangent it was not it was not and it was beautiful 
and oh, like I it also made me think about we talk about this sometimes okay. um about how like sometimes we are going through things so that the participants who come don't have to or that mm. it can be easier for them um like anytime I fall it's to have us I'm like oh well I fell and that means you know little Johnny won't fall (laughs) you know like it's like that service taking that service to another set but I think that that's really real and that like sir we're in service too when we're working with our real emotions and our real self and being able to use our experiences to help support others you know um and that's like the real aspect of service because that's I mean that is really the roles that both of us were in and, and they look very different but it really is about that like that selfless service that Baba talks about that, that giving, um, without expecting reward. Um, but it's really about being fully present with ourselves to be able to give. Um, so I think it's really beautiful, um, what you were saying. Um, and I'm really proud of you, um, for like managing, navigating like grief through this event, which is really, takes a lot of emotional energy too yeah well I really appreciate that but I do feel like Baba really like I I had so many campers that were just like a mirror and I think that that's one of the really beautiful things about being a counselor is you get to kind of re-experience what it was like to be a teenager and see like how painful it is Mm. you know of course like being a teenager it should be like limitless possibilities and all this hope but a lot of it is like hopelessness especially in the world that we kind of live in um, like I was talking to a couple of the campers about how they're kind of, they're more artist, like they want to be artists, they want to be writers and just like looking at the state of the world and realizing that how much AI has like limited their chances of being able to mm. do what they really love and the grief of that. I mean, that's a lot for a teenager to kind of handle and walk into. And so, you know, being able to support them through that takes like hands-on experience and that's really what Baba kind of showed me this Sahabas is like I really believe that our emotions like the way I see it is my emotions are what the avatar needs to be felt and if my body is what gets to experience the uh, the avatar's emotions then I should be really grateful for it and not push them down and like try to just get over them yeah right? there is an element of letting go but I don't know I really came to this acceptance that like if I'm feeling grief right now, that's what Baba wants me to feel. And who knows like what Baba is doing with that grief, right? Like to me, I'm just like, this is really inconvenient that I'm like grieving and feeling so heavy, but like maybe a camper, for example, or even another staff member needed someone to admit that they were in grief so that they could, I don't know. I mean, you never know what Baba's doing, but just kind of some things that have, that went through my head this past Sahavas. No, I love, I love that so much. I feel like, um, that reminder about how much kids are navigating, right? I think sometimes we, it's really easy to look at young people and be like, oh, like they don't have, you know, like nine to fives and like responsibilities and bills to pay, which like also some of them do, <laughs> um, yeah. but also just like everything else they're navigating and in the world we are, it feels really special that we got to create a container for them. Um, and I think, you know, you had asked, asked me and coming back to your, your question about kind of my intention and, um, and just like what I'm taking with me back into the yeah. world. And I think for me, like I work with young people, that's my job. And 
I would like to bring more of the Sahavas energy to my work and not in terms of like, you know, I'm not about to be like, you know, shouting Baba's name in the school halls or, you know, like yeah, yeah, making yeah. everybody do like an artsy every day. But in terms of just like that spirit of love and openness and connection and like radical acceptance for who you are. Um, we had some really wonderful conversations this year at Sahavas around gender and identity and inclusion. Um, and I like to be doing more of that in the space that I occupy in my, my outside Sahavas world. Um, and really just like, I think that other aspect of like one of my intentions is to be able to see like God or see the divine in everybody Mm-hmm. and know that like my experiences aren't better or worse like they are what I and my soul needs but also to be able to like exude and recognize how every person has the capacity for love and has the divine within them mm. that's so beautiful yeah. and I, I love hearing you say that because you I mean you really do bring that into the world anyway but just hearing you like kind of like re-solidify that is just it gives me like a hope you know (laughs) because you're one person and there were so I think there were 75 staff yeah and then was it 67 campers Michelle it was I think it was like 63 and 71 okay so you know I can't do math but everybody else can figure out how many people that was (laughs) and so like over 100 we can say yeah over 100 so it's like 100 people 150 people are going out into the world with like some glimmer of that intention. Like how much more beautiful is the world? Yeah. I got this like really cool glimpse that I was talking to some staff just like about, you know, the issues that we go through as young adults. Right. And talking a lot about relationships and like the struggle of romantic relationships. And there was somebody who shared with me that like, you know, they do struggle with like, um, the attention right of like they love the attention of uh romantic relationships and how that's like their biggest struggle in this world and it gave me this like beautiful picture of like how karma works itself out that like even the bodies that we are in that baba chooses for us to be in are so perfectly planned out for us to deal with our karma right like somebody who is struggling with something there that I don't know it's like I'm having trouble verbalizing it but it's like they their karma is so perfectly planned out from the way they look to the house they live in to the money they're making to help them learn the biggest lessons that they need to and so like Mm -hmm. when you might look at somebody and think like oh they're so lucky that they're making all this money or they're so lucky that they look this way or like I feel bad for this person because they've had these struggles and it's like if only you knew how compassionate the whole sphere is and how much Baba sees to every single detail. I don't know. I think that maybe Michelle, maybe you can kind of verbalize it better than I can. No, you're doing great. Don't doubt yourself. (laughs) But yeah, it just really gave me this like just full picture of how much we're all struggling, but it's not like an accidental struggle. Mm. It's that Baba is like, has literally put us in, the perfect bodies, the perfect scenarios to help us get closer to him. Yeah, that is beautiful. And, and so 
humbling too, which is like a, a humility I can feel with that of like, yeah, this is, this is who I am, you know, who I'm meant to yeah. be. Yeah. What, um, is that what you're taking back with you into the world? Uh, I think I'm just taking back really, you know, I don't normally relate to this Ahava's theme, like the quote that we have every year. It's kind of just like, I don't know. It's like putting a quote in a hat and then pulling it out. It never really means that much to me, but this year that theme is just like so prevalent of like work with all your heart, no matter what you do and just surrender to each moment and like go through each moment and really have, I think I'm like walking away from Sahaba's really like longing for that love affair with myself not, but not so much like I, I get a little bit bothered by like the self love movement because I do think it kind of perpetuates like hyper independence, but that's a whole mm. other conversation. Or like, you know, hyper independence and like not needing anyone and like, yeah, you know, that kind of deal, but more like just longing to really make room for that love affair with myself, but not just like myself, Margie, but like Baba, like capital S self yeah that capital S self like I'm somebody who thinks a lot about romantic relationship and like what am I going to do with my life like I'm very like ambitious and career oriented and more just like making a lot more room for having that love affair with the world because it's so so important I love that makes me think of I literally got a quote I think pulled out of a hat for me at the beginning of Sahavis by um Buzz, who is the executive director of the center and one of the founding people of the Yusahavis. And he, the quote that I was pulled for me was um, some version of, I want you to make me your, your constant companion. Um, and this idea that Baba is the constant companion that, that, you know, when in doubt or when feeling alone, that God is still there um, and is always there for you and with you. Um and I think about that just in terms of what you were just saying. Yeah. Because it's true. Yeah, I don't know. I think this Yusahava is like I really got, you know, I think you can read a lot of stuff about Baba and like maybe uh, intellectually understand it, but it takes a while. And sometimes Baba just like lets us integrate it into our being. And I really just got this like understanding that Baba's like doing everything at the perfect timing at the perfect rate and there's no like spiritual bypassing that can be done we just have to do it and I sometimes get get frustrated like when I was younger that like oh we're just supposed to be able to like sit around and think about God and then like we get this ticket out of here or something and like it's really not about that at all it's just like there's no rushing all you can do is like when you think about Baba, it's Baba thinking about Baba. And all you can do is just like be grateful that you're getting to think about the avatar. Right. I love that. And, and not even taking credit for it. Like, I think, I don't know about, I can get, I can get really wrapped up in my own spiritual ego of like, oh, I think about Baba so much and I do all these Baba things. And like really just coming back to the place of like, I better shut the fuck up. Excuse my French, because for some reason, Baba has allowed me to have this karma and when I don't think about Baba also not beating myself up because that's not my responsibility either. Yeah. That's beautiful. And and that's the like letting yourself off the hook, right? That compassion. Yeah. Which is what Baba's all about. Yeah. 
Well, we've gotten, we've had a long podcast. I know. And I was like sitting here, I'm like, my eyes are starting to droop. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go into like a post podcast nap. Oh, how delightful is that? A post to have is post podcast. I mean, <laughs> I know. I, 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 I go back. I feel for you working today. I go back to work tomorrow, and I'm like, oh man, this the the waking up for a work day feels rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I'm lucky because I'm on the West Coast, so I actually woke up at 5 a.m. today because I was like on East Coast time for the Sahabas. But anyway, God bless you. Couldn't um, be me. But- so before we close, I do want to ask, because Michelle, you are such a veteran to these Sahabas. And I feel like so many people after Sahabas, they really, really struggle. Like, it's a very common thing. I'm just like, kind of like, what am I doing here? So if you were going to give advice to our listeners of just like a way to kind of get through the post-Sahabas blues, what would it be? Hmm. It would be two things, maybe three. I don't know. I'm not going to put a number on it. Um, <laughs> maybe two one, try not to take everything so heavy or seriously and just remind yourself that time will pass and it will be okay. Two, try to keep your connections up with Baba friends and people. And like, um, I read a lot of more Baba books, like my concentration of reading Baba books is like spikes after Sahabas then like goes down, but it can be helpful to connect. Um, Three, just rest a lot. Like let your body really rest. Let like your cells like rejuvenate and, you know, still after so much move, be still after so much movement. Um, And then four, I guess I'm on four is, just remember to be grateful, you know, find gratitude for the experiences that you've had at the house, but also find gratitude for the things that you do have in your life. Like, you know, I'm, I'm like in a bit of like a fake it till you make it mindset, but like the (laughs) gratitude helps with that. Like I am grateful for my apartment. I am grateful for my cat. I am grateful for, you know, the air conditioning. Um, (laughs) like, um, and so to remember to find that, like, life is about the balance and that you will know what needs to change and you are also exactly where you need to be at this moment. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for that. Of course. Well, um, just, I guess a couple little housekeeping things, Michelle and also Robbie and I have something very exciting that we're going to be, probably talking about on the next couple of podcasts so stay tuned for that oh my god this is like a big god in the real world reveal i know it's very exciting <laughs> i know but hopefully it will this will actually be a way of like bringing sahaba's connection um worldwide so we'll see we'll we'll slowly unveil it um and then following up we're gonna get back on our perceptions of disconnection um episodes and then also this is a kind of a side note thing. Michelle, don't kill me for saying this on the podcast. Oh, but um, Jeff Wolverton and I, and hopefully Michelle, if she's available. Um, <laughs> so Jeff Wolverton and I, and also Elisa, who was on the podcast previously, are going to be doing a virtual Generation XYZ Sahavas on September. Oh, God, now I forget the date. Hold on one second. September. I love when you just like 
all of a sudden are telling me about another Sahavas you're participating in. <laughs> Marty's like running. going to the London Sahavas. She was just at the LA Sahavas. Like she really, Margie is Sahavas is what it is. I, I get my, I get my Sahavas is in. But um, anyway, so we're doing a virtual Zoom Sahavas September 2nd. And that'll be 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And basically what we're going to do is have breakout groups where we allow people to talk about how they feel about the different generations coming together in the Bible world. So if that Mm -hmm. is something that you want to be a part of, because we'll also have some time to just like hang out too. So just email me at margaret.connor1998 at gmail.com. Anyway, that's all I've got. Unless the fact that you were born in 1998 I, it actually makes me want to Dude, these, these kids were born in 2005. Yeah, it's weird. It blew my mind when someone said that they were born. Even one of the counselors was born in 2001, and that blew my mind. Yeah, that's how old David is, my, my sibling. Um, oh, my God. Anyway. I was going to say one more housekeeping note. Um, we always love to hear new voices on the podcast, so whether you're interested in coming and talking to us about – um, the perceptions of disconnection series, or you want to do what we did in the OG recordings and tell us your Baba story. We would love to do that. So please do reach out to, to Margie or I, um, at any time we love, we always love hearing from folks and we've got a couple guests lined up that we're really excited about for the next few weeks. Um, but would love to talk to you too. So if you're interested, this is your invitation. Yes, and I do think that both Michelle and my email is in the description, so yeah. you can find both of it there. But on that note, Michelle, do you want to say the beloved God prayer? I would love to listen to you say it. Okay, fine. <laughs> beloved God, help us all to love you more and more and more and more and still yet more till we become worthy of union with you. And help us all to hold fast to Baba's Daman until the very end. Beloved Avatar, Meher Baba, Baba Ki Jai. Jai.